0: You're listening to Rhema for Today Radio.
1: Now, poor old Jacob, he didn't know that it was God. Joseph was gone, and now he said they're taking Benjamin. He thought all these things were against him, but they weren't. They were all for him. He just didn't know it. You know, when you're hungry, you'll do almost anything. So Benjamin went with him. When they got there, Joseph made a feast for them, and he announced, I'm Joseph. Now, you know what happened? All those fellows hit the floor. Well, that's why Joseph has seen in his dream. His brother's buying before him. Now, here would have been a fine opportunity for most people who weren't spiritually mature and still babies are mature to have shown off. Here would have been a perfect opportunity for Joseph to have stuck his thumb in his galluses and said, Well, boys, look me over. Remember those dreams? They came to pass. But Joseph had magnanimity of soul. He said, In fact, don't worry about it. God did it. He said, Be not grieved nor angry with yourself. That ye show me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve you of posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by great deliverance. Genesis 45, verse 5 and 7. You see, when you can see God at work in things,
0: you can rejoice, friends, whatever is going on. Welcome to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today you'll hear more from Kenneth E. Hagan on his teaching, Growing Up Spiritually, on Rhema for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Ken Hagen for today's message. I remember we were visiting my wife, folks, one
1: time, one Christmas. My daughter, our daughter, was only six years old. Christmas was on Saturday. The next day, after Christmas, on Sunday, I was to preach about 57 miles away. Well, it was raining and disagreeable weather, cold. And when you'd go out, it just seemed like it'd just go right through you. Sunday morning, my mother-in-law said, well, I'll keep Pat, you just leave her here. She has a little hacking cough, and she feels like she might have a little bit of fever, and don't take her out in this kind of weather. My wife asked me what we should do, and I said, no, we're not going to leave her. We prayed about it, we believed God, and besides that, when we came over here yesterday for Christmas dinner, she had that same little hacking cough. Actually, she's much better today. Now, if we don't take her to Sunday school and church this morning, then we'll leave the impression on a little six-year-old that it's more important to eat Christmas dinner with grandma than to go to church on Sunday morning, and that's not what I believe. Now, do you see where people lose their children and why they grow up and become unfaithful in church? You can't just tell them. The Bible says, friends, listen now to me. Proverbs two six. you can't just tell them, that is, tell children what to do and just let them do whatever they want to. Proverbs two six says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, you'll not depart from it. You see, train them and set the right example before them. I remember F.F. F. Bosworth said, some people wonder why they can't have faith for healing, and that is why their faith's weak. I added faith for healing. They feed their body three hot meals a day and their spirit one cold snack a week. Friends, determine in your heart to put spiritual things first. That is, first things first. Esteem earthly things lightly, even if it's your own relatives. Put God before them. Put God before your own self-life. You'll be blessed spiritually and better off physically, both you and your family as well. Then another characteristic of the manhood stage of spiritual development and growth is deadness to censure or praise. Paul says in 1 Corinthians the fourth chapter, the 3rd and 4th verses, But with me it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you, or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself. Yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Now Paul had grown in grace to such an extent that he sought only to commend himself to God. He was not influenced or affected by what others thought of him. He did not get into bondage to anybody. It was not a carnal independence, but a saintly dignity. The law of love governed him. He was not easily puffed up, nor was he touchy or resentful. His spirit, where the love of God was shed abroad, dominated him. Immature Christians will feel slided or puffed up if they are criticized, or even imagine that they are. They are restless, uneasy, and full of self-pity. But on the other hand, if they are noticed and appreciated, they feel lifted up and full of self-importance. Baby Christians are self-conscious and ever-conscious of what others are thinking about them. Therefore, they are tossed to and fro, childlessly trying to be popular. The mature believer is God-conscious and ever-conscious of what God's Word says about him and to him. Because he is able to testify with Paul, it's a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. You see, he's free to walk in and voice his convictions. He fits the description given in the Amplified Translation of 1 Corinthians thirteen five. He is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. He's not touchy or fretful or resentful. He takes no account of the evil done to him, pays no attention to a suffered wrong. And then finally, the third characteristic of a manhood stage of spiritual development is ability to recognize God at work. Now, one of the best spiritual examples of this characteristic is Joseph. You remember how that Joseph saw certain things happening in a dream and his brother became jealous of him. They were going to kill him, but finally sold him into slavery. He was taken into Egypt where eventually he stood and refused to bow to the wishes of his master's wife and was thrown in prison. He stayed, friends, in prison seven years. Most people would have become bitter and said, God has forsaken me after these seven years. You remember he interpreted a dream for a fellow prisoner, Pharaoh's butler that in three days the butler would be lifted up and restored. Joseph asked the butler to make mention of him to Pharaoh when he was delivered. The butler was released, as Joseph said, but he forgot Joseph. It was two years more before Joseph got out. In those two years, most folks would have grown bitter and said, that's the way it is, you try to help folks and they won't help you. But the time came when Joseph was brought out of prison, and eventually he was made prime minister of Egypt. A famine back in his home country caused his father to send his brothers to Egypt in search of food. They had to be brought before him because he was prime minister. They didn't know him, but he recognized them, the very ones who had sold him into slavery. He didn't tell them who he was, but he asked, Is your father well the old man of whom you spake? They answered that he was in good health. Benjamin hadn't come with them, so Joseph said to him, Hereby ye shall be proved by the life of Pharaoh ye shall not go forth hence except your youngest brother come hither. Well, they went back and told their father, that this man did solemnly protest unto us, saying, Ye shall not see my face, except your brother be with us. Now, poor old Jacob. He didn't know that it was God. Joseph was gone. And now he said, They're taking Benjamin. He thought all these things were against him, but they weren't. They were all for him. He just didn't know it. You know, when you're hungry, you'll do almost anything. So Benjamin went with him. When they got there, Joseph made a feast for them, and he announced, I'm Joseph. Now, you know what happened? All those fellows hit the floor. Well, that's what Joseph had seen in his dream, his brothers bowing before him. Now, here would have been a fine opportunity for most people who weren't spiritually mature and still babies baby children to have shown off. Here would have been a perfect opportunity for Joseph to have stuck his thumb in his galleces and said, Well, boys, look me over. Remember those dreams? They came to pass. But Joseph had magnanimity of soul. He said, in fact, don't worry about it. God did it. He said, Be not grieved, nor angry with yourself, that ye show me hither, for God did send me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by great deliverance. Genesis 45, verse 5 and 7. You see, when you can see God at work in things, you can rejoice, friends, whatever is going on. I want to continue along the line of growing up Because he said here in Ephesians, the fourth chapter and the 15th verse, but speaking the truth in love may grow up, may grow up, may grow up. God wants us to grow. So I'm going to talk about growing up spiritually by walking in love. Notice Romans, the fifth chapter and the fifth verse says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. You see, to fellowship with God, to walk with God, to walk in God's realm, we must walk in love. That is divine love, for God is love. I remember when I was born again, and of course it's true with you and all of us, he became my father. And uh, he's a love God. And I'm a love child of a love God. I'm born of God. God is love, so I'm born of love. The nature of God is in me. The nature of God is love. Now, we can't say that we don't have this divine love. Everyone in the family has it, or else they're not in the family. Now, they may not be exercising it. They may be like that fellow Jesus talks about, the one talent guy that wrapped his talent in a napkin and buried it. But the Bible says that the love of God, friends, has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Now, that means when it said the love of God, the God kind of love has been shed abroad in our hearts. Our hearts are our spirit. You see, this is a love family. You remember what Jesus said in John the thirteenth, chapter and thirty fifth verse, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Now how they're going to know if you have love one to another? That's the way they're going to know it. This God kind of love is not selfish. See, the Bible said God so loved the world that he gave. The love law of the family of God is that you love one another as I have loved you. John thirteen, thirty four. Now how did he love us? Because we deserved it? No. He loved us while we were yet unlovely. He loved us while we were yet sinners. The Bible says so. And think about this. If God so loved us with so great a love when we were sinners, when we were unlovely, when we were his enemies, do you think he loves his children any less? No, thank God a thousand times no. Now, you see, when we're talking about love, we're talking about divine love, not human love. You know, we hear a lot today about natural human love. But there's simply no love in this old world like the love of God. Natural human love is selfish. I've heard people say, a mother's love is akin to the love of God. Now, I thought that one time myself, but it isn't so. As a usual thing, a mother's love is a natural human love. And as, as usual thing, it's selfish. You see, that's my baby. Oh, I love my children. I love them. A woman, I remember, came crying to me, saying, I want you to pray for them. I brought them up right, right here in this church, and I don't understand it. Not a one of them will come except my girl. One of her daughters played the piano. She was the only one who came. In fact, one of the boys just went away from home. She said, there isn't anyone in this church that loves their children more than I did. I said, Sister, there has to be a reason. I'm a stranger here, but just as an evangelist, I can see this poor girl on the piano vans. You've smothered her with your love. And I'll guarantee the reason the rest of them ran off is because you wouldn't let them out from under your coattail. You wanted to run their lives. You see, I'd look at that girl, poor girl, on the piano. She'd duck her head. She didn't know how to act. I dare say your daughter's never had a boyfriend in her life or a girlfriend either. Well, no, she said. I just always kept her at home. I thought I could raise her up better. I said, no, you couldn't.
0: You're listening to Rema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. If you'd like to find more life-changing resources, then visit rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Right now, I want to tell you about this month's special offer, the CD series, Growing Up Spiritually, by Kenneth E. Hagen. This series is at the special price of nineteen ninety-five. That's over $8 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. We always love to hear from our listeners. So write in or email us today and become a part of Rhema for today. Now let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan
1: You know, we also have a word of faith magazine that people can get a hold of. They can read it online yes. or and they can download it or you can sign up and have a hard copy sent to, it to, to if you, you. want to. That's but right. it's better just to just to read it online or download it yourself. Yes. That makes it a lot easier. You can find out all about us, where we're going, all about where our living faith crusades are going to be yes. and where we're going to be. In fact, uh, we just got back from uh, being over in Norway yes. and then, uh, then into... Uh, uh, over in Asia and yes. Australia. Yes. So Samoa? Ha- yes, Samoa. <laughs> it, it, all of that you can just go to and you can find out all of those things or if you want would like to have any of our products, there's an online bookstore there.
0: That's right. Call now and ask the operator for this month's special radio offer. The CD series entitled Growing Up Spiritually by Kenneth e. Hagan. Call today toll-free 1-888 Faith 99. That's 1 888 Faith 99 or visit Rama.org. Tomorrow on Rama for Today, we'll continue Kennethy e. Hagan's life changing message. That's tomorrow on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan.